Welcome to the Quest Express, your passport to immersive travel experiences and cozy conversations. For curious explorers who understand the art of slow travel, we're your go-to podcast. Every few weeks, we touch the heartbeat of a new city where we chat with artists, innovators, historians, and entrepreneurs who make each city come alive. The Quest Express is not just a podcast. It's your ultimate slow travel companion. It's an invitation to begin your own quest. Today, we conclude with Paul Johnson, the editor of a luxury travel blog, voted one of the world's best travel blogs and also best for luxury by The Telegraph. I've been to many a a restaurant where you see the children are on the iPad so that mum and dad can chat and enjoy their meal. And I think it's so sad sometimes that that's not taken away and then they talk as a family. Yeah. And and there we're just talking about for an hour or two. Yes. (laughs) Enforced connection, enforced community. (laughs) Right. We got by like that years ago, so I'm sure we can manage now. So Yeah, exactly. Your website is so well organized, and I do want to talk about the facelift that you gave to it a few years ago, and I'd love to find out more about your decision-making process for that. You have almost, how many travel writers do you have? Several hundred, right, that contribute to your blog? Yeah, the number of people that have contributed to the blog so far is just over 700. And are you always taking submissions or? We're always welcoming people to get in touch with us if they want to contribute something. Yeah, so they can just get in touch on the site. Okay, perfect. We have different types of writers. We have writers who are what we call guest bloggers and they're Mm -hmm. people with with a commercial interest. So they might be in the travel industry themselves. Got it. They still write editorial content, but they have a signature with a link through to their website. And then we also have people who I would put in the the bracket of travel writers who aren't representing anyone. What are the places that are on your bucket list? I'm I'm assuming or hoping that you get to travel at least a couple times a year. So what's next for you? This year, I've got a number of trips lined up. I'm just back this weekend from just doing a, a little trip which was only two hours from home. So that was really nice. Next month, I'm off to Abu Dhabi, which is just, a, I'm doing a, a keynote speech at a conference, a luxury travel conference. Right. In April, I'm going to Portugal. Our sons are grown up now. They're 19 and 18 years old. So the older son, he's going to be competing in an event called a swim run, which is, as it sounds, swimming and running. Mm. Uh, it's like a, a world championship event. A place called Troya, I think it's pronounced. Okay. Where else? So we will also go to Sweden as a family. I have a trip to Santorini lined up. We also have a few UK trips in the pipeline as well. I'm assuming you've been to several of the Greek islands. Do you have a favorite? The one I really want to go to is Santorini, which I've yet to go to. So I'm really looking forward to that. We've been to Crete a number of times. It's the largest of the the Greek islands. Uh, often going to a place called the Lunda, which is on the it's on the east side of Crete. So that's a really nice resort. But yeah, I've been to Corfu, Rhodes, Kefalonia, Skiathos. <gasps> have you by any chance seen the Durrells in Corfu? No, I have been to where Captain Corelli's mandolin was filmed in Skiathos. So oh, okay. <laughs> But I haven't. The Durrells in Corfu is a masterpiece theater show, and it's it's about an English family that um, I, th- I forget the name of the author, 
Oh, it was one of the Durrells. Gerald, Gerald Durrell, I think, wrote. That's right, Gerald Durrell, yeah. So what about Estonia? I've heard Estonia is kind of an underrated up-and-coming travel destination. Have you been there? I haven't, I'm afraid. No, I can't help you on that one. But I I, I have met with them, um, again, at World Travel Market. I know they've been pushing um, Tallinn quite a lot. So it's very different to Croatia, but I think it's on the up like Croatia was 10 years ago. So... Just in case some of my questions are a little self-serving, I'd like to know what topics do you speak about for your keynotes? Most of the talks I've done have always been on panels. This keynote, I am doing a keynote next month, but that will be my first one. Um, So let's talk about the facelift, not cosmetic surgery, but the website. It's very user-friendly. It's elegant. You can find everything easily, but... What did it look like before, since we don't have a time machine? And what was your strategy? Because there's so much to think about and organizing it. What was your thought process? In the very early days, the very first blog I had, the first version of a luxury travel blog, the options out there were very limited in terms of what you could use to to run a blog. There was something called Blogspot, which I think is now owned by Google. And I think from memory, I used a version of that uh, in the very early days. But basically, it was very much a case of 10 posts on a, on a page, and then you could click for page two and see the next 10 and page three for the next. Uh, and then when a new post came in, everything got pushed down. You say there's no time, time machine. There is actually, I don't know if you're familiar, there's a website called Wayback Time Machine, where you can look at any website and see what it used to look like. Wow. That's cool. If you search Google for Wayback Time Machine, you can then go onto this website, type in the website, e.g. google.com, and see different iterations of of that website in times gone by. You can see early versions of websites, yeah. Well, I skimped on my research then. But the the latest version of the site has... I had a sort of semi-major redesign in about 2012 because things do get dated very quickly with the internet. And then my latest up, major update was literally, it's been ongoing the last six to eight months. We've still got a few things we're finishing off, but it's really been just to bring it bring it into the 21st century a bit more. And what does that mean? Just, could you give me just a couple sentences? What makes it more modern? So just aesthetically, um, I suppose just if you were to look at a, a TV ad or a magazine ad or a magazine from the 1980s. It didn't have a 1980s look about it, but you know that you're looking at something that's dated. Um, Whether it be the use of the font or the size of the images, that's something that's very much changed over time. My very first version of my blog, all the images were kind of a thumbnail size and nobody questioned that at the time. And actually, you wanted quite small images back then because of load times. Some people were still on dial-up connections and so on. So uh, you wanted everything to load quickly. So you were encouraged to have small images. Mm -hmm. And gradually, we've moved away from that, thankfully, because people's internet connections are much faster and so on. Yeah, the images are larger. And probably the other big thing about it is the site is more responsive. If we go back to the last time we had an update of 2012, or a major update, browsing the web on a handheld device was far less common than it is nowadays. So it's become much more imperative to have a a website that when you rotate your phone to horizontal or vertical, that the website responds accordingly. 
and similarly with a tablet as well. Two questions. Number one, what what is the ultimate goal? What action would you like them to take? Do you want them to be informed? Do you want them... I suppose to be inspired to travel, um, whether they choose to or not. There are some people who literally traveling for them is, is very challenging and very difficult, whether it be age or disability or whatever. So at least to offer that inspiration of visually appealing content and editorially appealing as well. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, I need it to be viable. So obviously, I like people to, to click through and visit our advertisers because that's what Yes. That's why I'm able, able to work on this full time. Uh, so that's obviously important. And hand in hand with that, it's very important that I reach as, as big an audience as I can. And do you have any, like five, 10 years from now, is your is your plan to slow down so you could travel more? Or do you have plans of expansion? What are your future plans? My plans are certainly to travel more. So I mentioned my kids, they're just fleeing fleeing the nest i suppose um they're, they're one one's still here but the others started university once they're on their own two feet a bit more and obviously busy with their jobs it becomes easier for us to to sort of enjoy many of the perks that come with running a luxury travel blog to be able to travel more and not just in school holidays because i don't like to to be away from home too much whilst I don't like to leave my wife looking after everything at home and so on. Yeah. And I don't, I've never wanted to miss out on the kids growing up. So a lot of our travel experiences that we've done have always been as a family at restricted times of the year. And obviously we're going to be freer to, to travel at any time. Okay. So let's say, God forbid, you have one year left to travel or explore the world for whatever reason. So what are the top three or four places that you would go as like a final goodbye that you know, you know, it might be the first or last time you would ever see them because you'll, you'll be leaving the planet or the planet will be leaving us. One of the two. <laughs> yeah, it sounds very cheerful. <laughs> um, one place I'd love to go. I've been before, but I'd love to go back with my wife because she's not been is um, the Norwegian fjords. I'd love to return there. I'd love to explore more of Asia because I feel I've only scratch the surface. I'm not sure if now's the right time, but I'd love to go to Ecuador and go to the Galapagos as well. So what about these guides? On your site, it says guides. So what can we expect those are going to be about? That's the one remaining part of redesign, actually. The goal there is to basically create resources that are really useful to people when they come to the site. Yes, they can read articles about current news in luxury travel or uh, suggestions of places to stay but these guides are meant to be evergreen content that will say to somebody right i want to travel to ecuador tell me about it but not just on a level we will also have guides for individual cities towns national parks and so on we plan to have literally hundreds maybe thousands of these guides and they're written not just for people as well but they're they're also an SEO strategy, so search engine optimization. Mm-hmm. So the idea is that having these guides is a good way of ranking well on on search engines. For sure. This is just kind of a random thought, but have you ever thought of or considered someday having an app that goes with your site? That's a good question. I've been approached about it a number of times and I guess it is something that's perhaps inevitable one day, but it's something I haven't haven't sort of 
studied. Yeah, it's a big project. <laughs> and actually, at least having a website that's more responsive means that, yes, we're, we're better on, on the tablet devices and so on um, moving forward. But yeah, an app would be the next logical progression from that, I guess. Well, let me ask you this question. If you were going to spend no tech in an environment, if you're going to spend a couple of weeks without any tech in an environment, where would you choose to go? Possibly somewhere like a, a safari destination. Plenty there to to interest and stimulate and so on. And I've, I've been on safari before. There's so much you can learn from rangers. Have you ever seen the documentary series Into the Pride? No, I haven't. I have heard of them. But... It's a must watch. I was The reason I thought of it is because as you were describing that, I thought, but what would you do if you had to, if there was a lion attack, you couldn't call 911. Then I thought, oh, you just need a lion trainer with you. So Dave Salmoni, I think that's how you say it, is uh, he trained lions in captivity. And they were, I think it was in the Serengeti or one of those places. They were having issues with the lions because they were being aggressive, quite aggressive with the humans. So they, they asked him, even though he'd never trained lions in the wild, if he could go out there and handle it. So he decided he went out with a camera crew and uh, spent six months living in the bush, just training these wild lions, getting very close to them. And he filmed the whole thing. And it's a must watch. Wow. Maybe after yeah. an Africa trip, not before, though. But, yeah. I, <laughs> you, when Just as you were recounting that, it when I was in the Serengeti, um, I had a very unique experience of being able to play uh, football, uh, soccer to you, with the resort staff. So I, I happened to hear that all the staff kicked a ball about at lunchtime each each day. And I said, oh, I quite enjoy playing football. So I said, oh, can I join you? And they was, they'd never had a guest join them before. It was something they did at the back. of the, And I said, yeah, yeah, sure. And, and so I went and played football with them. My wife did a little bit of a, a game drive with some other people whilst I did that. But when she returned, she said, oh, by the way, not all that far away was a, a group of lions. Just they were relaxing in, in the shade, but they were being monitored by the staff. They, they knew what was going on. So, mm -hmm. yeah, that was quite interesting to hear that afterwards. Uh, <laughs> I might have thought about playing if I'd known. So Yes. Oh, I wanted to mention your Kendall Cottages. So you mentioned you used to, your parents used to have the vacation homes near the Lake District, but Kendall Cottages is near the Yorkshire Dales, right? It's actually sandwiched. So it's in the town of Kendall, which is sandwiched between the Lake District and the Yorkshire Dales. Oh, perfect. So if you're in that area, you can go to Kendall1L, not two, K-E-N-D-A-L cottages.com to rent those beautiful luxury flats. Are they flats or? Despite the name being plural, it's just one apartment at the moment. Yeah. We had plans to have more in, in time. Great. Is there anything else that I've missed that you'd like to share with our listeners or anything that you're... I don't think so. So the the item you just mentioned there is, is having had experience helping my parents uh, with their holiday cottage business, myself and my wife invested in that property. And it's just a holiday apartment that people can stay in if they're visiting 
this area. Are those possible for longer term stays? Do you prefer longer term stays? So it tends to be week long stays during the season or, or longer. Okay. Short breaks or week long stays out of season. So typically Friday to Monday or Monday to Friday. Okay. But could they do longer if they wanted to? Oh, yes, they can. Yeah. We've had people stay for a few months sometimes. Okay, perfect. I so appreciate your time and I'm glad we finally, finally figured it out. Thankful for you inviting me. So thank you. Make sure to visit a luxury before your next trip and also check out Kendall Cottages. That's Kendall with one L K E N D A L Cottages. If you'll ever be in the area and if you'd like a longer stay for slow travel, you can reach out to Paul through that website.